Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Greetings, humans. You have entered the command zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. Life is a highway, I want to ride it all night long. If you're going my way, I want to drive it all night long. That's right, everybody. We are driving. We are getting into vehicles. We are crewing them. We are driving. We are here on the Command Zone Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Lee Kwai. Hi, I'm Damon Lenz. Damon is uh, filling in for Jimmy. Actually, at this point, we can actually say why Jimmy has been gone for a few weeks here. That's right. He did just announce it on Twitter. So, congratulations, Jimmy uh, and his wife, Rosanna, have had a new son, Mason. Mason. If you're watching the video, you're seeing the pictures of the cutest little baby, I mean, come on, that uh, you've ever seen. Jimmy posted on Twitter about it, so congratulations to both of them. Obviously, that's why Jimmy's been out for a few weeks. No, we're not having a fight of any kind. He will be back soon, though, uh, to talk about the tail end of Neon Dynasty here. Yeah, of course, we're all really excited for him here, here on the uh, in the crew, and and frankly, it's just it's just amazing to see you know birth of a new child and everything. It's just that child has. I got to say, what's amazing about that child is Mason already has cooler hair than I've ever had in my entire life. Oh my God, yeah. And is not even like a few weeks old yet. Okay, we are uh, today talking about the pre-con from Neon Dynasty called Buckle Up, which is the Azorius Vehicles pre-con. It's the one that we revealed the full deck list for a couple of weeks ago. Damon is here because he's going to help us talk about what we always do with these budget upgrades, which is break down the stats of the deck, kind of figure out which direction it's already going so that we can tell you what 10 cards we think you should add and what 10 to take out for around $30 total. So you can get this thing up to speed ASAPs and ready to tangle with uh, quote unquote real decks. But before we get into it, we got to talk about our sponsors. If you want to get this deck, well, you're going to have to order it. Uh, and the best place to, do, to order all of your magic products, singles, anything at all, is channelfireball.com slash command. They have tons and tons of inventory there because they have multiple vendors on their marketplace vying for your business. The really good thing is that they vet all of their vendors. So everybody on the Channel Fireball marketplace is a business. They have a business license. They are, for the most part, LGSs. It also means that sealed product in particular, I've found to be very cheap on the marketplace because on other marketplaces, a lot of times it's it's individuals selling their own cards. They don't have access to the WPN and the distributors and, and low cost sealed product. That's right. So this is LGS is just like 
you know, driving the prices real low because they're competing with each other. So if you want to get draft boosters, collector boosters, commander precon decks, well, channelfireball.com slash command is a place to go to do that. And of course, once you get the cards, you want to keep them in really good condition. Uh, this deck in particular has a bunch of new cards. At the time that we previewed this deck, we didn't know the price of those, but some of them are going to be staples in the format, I think, and probably worth quite a bit. You're going to want to protect them. Ultra Pro makes the best products to protect all of your stuff. Eclipse Sleeves, Playmats, Satin Tower deck boxes, Mythic Collection deck boxes. They have uh, sweet Mythic Collection binders. Yeah, those uh, are beautiful. Yeah. Absolutely stunning. Like, I, I picked up some for myself after I kind of, you guys kind of mentioned them, turned me on to them, and I'm just like, oh my God, these are Yeah, with exquisite. the nice stitching on oh, the outside, and the, yeah, you, you re it really makes you you know, your collection look really classy, your battlefield right. look really classy. So Ultra Pro really does make the best stuff to protect your stuff. And of course, the final way to support all of our content is directly if you go to patreon.com slash command zone. All kinds of cool perks for patrons. In fact, we're adding stuff uh, lately that we haven't had before, That's including right. exclusive content. So we've got a couple of videos on our Patreon that are only available to our patrons. They're not going on our main channel. Uh, patrons also get access to game nights and extra turns earlier than the general public. We also have a Discord server where you can chat with Jimmy, me, the team. If you want to wish Jimmy a congratulations uh, on his newborn son, the Discord would be a great place to do it. Again, patreon.com slash command zone. All right, let's get into the deck here. Oh, oh sorry. Yeah, yeah, we got to uh, shout out I keep one forgetting. lucky patron. We do that every, every single, single episode. <laughs> so right now we're going to give a big, great big shout out to Gino, Gino Scarum. So Scarum? Yeah. Scarum? Gino. You rock. You rock. All right. Uh, main topic. Buckle up. Right, here we go. Commander Precon from Neon Dynasty. Again, the rule is 10 cards in, 10 cards out. Total budget, $30. In general, we're not going to touch the mana base on the pre-cons. That's just not super fun. And for the most part, the mana bases will work. Obviously, if you have fetch lands and shock lands, put those in there. Yeah, absolutely. Let's start where we always start, which is the brand new commanders in the deck. Uh, this is going to be an interesting one. Every once in a while, this discussion comes up, which is should you run the face commander, the one that's on the box, as the commander of the deck straight out? Like Sometimes you should and sometimes you shouldn't. And sometimes people get a little upset when we say you shouldn't. But it's a strategy game. It's about optimizing. It's about making choices. And I think in this case, there's an argument to be made that the the commander that is not the face commander is probably going to be a little bit stronger for you out of the box. But let's read the face commander first. It is Katori, pilot prodigy, one white and a blue for a 2-4, moonfolk pilot. It says, vehicles you control have crew two. And then it says, at the beginning of combat on your turn, target artifact creature you control gains lifelink and vigilance until end of turn. Interesting, a lot of things going on here. Damon, what do you think about this commander, first of all? I, I like Katori. I think it's a little it's a little weird. So we kind of had a conversation actually uh, before this about that whole crew ability. Yeah. And it, the fact that it makes sets everything to crew too. So, I, you know, I was curious. I'm like, well, how good is that actually? So if we look at this deck, there are a total of 15 vehicles, mm -hmm. right? Uh, 10 of which have a crew cost of under three, which... You know, several of those have crew cost of two or one. Katori yeah. does nothing for that. Right. Now, in the deck, there's only five vehicles that have crew cost greater than four, or four or greater, rather. Right. Which is really where Katori shines. So, that I found that very interesting in the way that the deck was built. And in even looking at some of the new uh, the new cards that they added from Neon Dynasty, frankly, that, that crew ability just, 
doesn't play as well as I was hoping. Yeah, because Katori really wants you to have stuff that is probably a low casting cost on the front end. Exactly. High crew cost to kind of balance that out mm -hmm. because Katori is cheating the crew cost. That's right. But having built a... Uh, or tried to build a, a vehicle is e deck for game nights, I found out that there's actually just not a lot of vehicles that fit that bill exactly. that have high crew costs. Um, so Katori doesn't help a, as much as you would think with that first ability. It's interesting that the second ability, obviously in this deck is referring to vehicles, but just says artifact creatures. That's right. So you could build a Katori deck outside of this deck right. that is sort of around artifact creatures and maybe you want the, uh, the vigilance and the lifelink. Um, but all in all, yeah, I think Katori is a little bit, when you sort of break it down, it reads good, but then when you start looking at the actual vehicles that exist, yep. it's less powerful than you would like. There's just not a lot of options to take advantage of that first ability. Yeah, and I think the second ability, I think what really limits it is the fact that it only procs on your combat. It's not each combat, so it's not like you're going to continue to get that life gain. Um, oh, so that, yeah, each combat would make it a lot better, right? Yeah, and and so that's we're, we're kind of yeah. Well, the vigilance is not that great either if it, on a vehicle, right? Because I'd rather have untap the creature that crewed it exactly. Yeah, because otherwise it's just like okay, fine, but I'd also have to crew it again to block with it anyway. So the right. vigilance doesn't help me that much. Yep. Um, so we're not super high on Katori, so you might be sort of getting a little bit of a hint of what we're gonna you know probably suggest here. But let's let's talk about the second commander um, in the deck, the alt commander, I will read. And this is the commander that I built my deck around for the most recent episode of Game Nights, which I believe at the time you're watching this will already be out. So you should go watch it if you haven't already. It is Shortakai, Genesis Engine. There was a really cool uh, animation made for this one for that oh, Game Nights. absolutely yeah. stunning. Straight up Pacific Rim. Oh, <laughs> I was gushing all over it. I'm like, God, this is beautiful. Shortakai is two, a white and a blue. So four mana for an 8-8 legendary artifact vehicle, though. Mm-hmm. Um, has a crew cost of eight. So That's if you right. want it to become that eight, eight, you have to crew it with eight power worth of stuff, but also has an activated ability, which is one and you tap Shorakai and you draw two cards, then discard a card and then create a one, one colorless pilot creature token with this creature cruise vehicles as though it were, uh, as though its power were two greater. So it creates a one, one that cruise vehicles as if it were a three, one. That's right. Um, obviously if you got counters on the one, one, it would, you know, crew it for two more than whatever its power is. Uh, so this is more of a sort of value engine. That's right. Thing. It makes a token. It draws you the best card out of your top two cards of your library. It actually puts nuts. one in the graveyard yeah, too. It's, so it's better than, you know, if I think it's better than if it put it on the bottom of your library or put one back on your library, right? Graveyard yeah. is often accessible. Especially with, with uh, artifacts. Yeah, blue, for blue, blue, blue and blue white and both. white can both recur artifacts pretty efficiently. So the fact that you can just pitch a, an expensive artifact if you're in the early game or pitch something to recur later, like that's... It's it's incredible. I, it, frankly, the fact that it makes a token too is kind of... I think you can read the pilot thing, but that's just still a 1-1. One, one. That's right. Like just tap an artifact, pay one, make a 1-1 one, one is actually like a... It's an okay ability. I yeah. don't know if we'd play that straight up, but the fact that it's like current, also drawing you a card, the best cards out of two cards, like this is a very efficient thing. And the fact that it is a vehicle is actually a plus. That's right. Actually, I was going to say, but but Josh, vehicles can't be your commander. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sorry. It's, it has the it has the ability, or sorry, it has the text, Shorakai Genesis Engine can be your commander because normally a, yep. a vehicle could not because it's not a creature until you crew it. That's right. Uh, and the fact that it is harder to remove than a creature makes this a lot better actually S significantly better it dodges all sorcery speed removal that your opponents might have if they try to well, not use all i mean obviously sure. they have a destroy target artifact there. sure yeah. sure but but at the end of the day like most 
uh, most decks are built to handle creatures pretty yeah. efficiently. And they'll, you know, they'll have some ways to handle artifacts, but most of their removal is, is generally targeted at creatures. The fact that this dodges almost all wraths is incredible. Yeah. And then on top of that, you know, you mentioned the creature thing. You're getting a creature at instant speed. Yeah. That's a, that's a big upside. Yeah. So, like... I I can gush like this this commander I absolutely love. I'm building a personal deck around it. I mean, doing this exercise really made me want to, but like Jorkai's <laughs> incredible. Like they 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 didn't just give it like, oh, you know, draw one, discard one. Nah, you get two and then you discard one. And then you also you the know, ability, that wasn't enough. So yeah. let's make a pilot. The ability is quite good, quite strong. I obviously built a whole deck around it too, which uh was fun to play and and I liked it quite a bit. Okay, let's talk there's gonna be an argument to be had about um obviously Katori or Shurikai and which one we run, we run. But before we get into that argument, let's just talk about the monocolored commander that is in the deck. You can't run this as the commander uh, of the deck outside the box, obviously, or straight out of the box because it's right. mono blue, but we should mention the card. So you want to read it? Yep. Katsumasa the animator is two blue blue for a 3 3 legendary creature, Moonfolk Artificer. Has flying. For two and a blue, until end of turn, target non creature artifact you control becomes an artifact creature with flying. If it's not a vehicle, it has base power and toughness 1-1 one, one until end of turn. And then, at the beginning of your upkeep, put a plus 1, plus 1 counter on each of up to three target non-creature artifacts. All right, so we did a full breakdown of this commander in our monocolored commander breakdown. I, I sat down with Jordan and went through all the monocolored commanders from the set, so we won't go super deep on Katsumasa here, but, you know, you weren't in that episode, Damon. So what do you think of Katsumasa? So... A few things. I, I don't feel like this is the type of legendary creature that you'd necessarily b build a deck around. I mean, two and a blue to animate one creature or one artifact isn't that good. Uh, however, the thing that I liked about it, and it's sort of deck specific to this, is there are not a lot of abilities that will animate an artifact, but then it will retain its power and toughness. This does that. So it only makes the creature a 1-1 one, one if it's not a vehicle. So if you're right. animating any other, any vehicle, it'll still retain. It just cruise it. Exactly. The two and a blue cruise it and gives it flying. Which is, which is very powerful. That yeah. means you don't need another creature to crew your, your creatures. You can still do it at instant speed and all that. The other thing I like about it is it, the upkeep trigger lets you buff those artifacts. Yep. You know, it, it lets you buff your, your vehicles while they're still in their, like, I guess, sleeping mode, their vehicle mode. Yeah, before um, the key has been turned in the ignition. That's right. Um, and so that's also very unique. You know, I was looking at cards for this deck, and and that was something I did. I couldn't find a lot of effects that did that. Yeah. Uh, this is something they're kind of leaning into in Neon Dynasty. I noticed that there's there's a, a couple cards in the in the main set that, that do that. Yeah, the legible counters on stuff that aren't creatures at the moment. Exactly. It's because the vehicles right. are such a big theme in Neon Dynasty. So... I really like that for this card. But again, running it as a solo commander, that I'm not really convinced by. If you wanted to run a mono blue vehicle commander, I don't know why you want to just run Cosima. I actually probably wouldn't run this as a fully vehicles commander. You're probably looking at, you know, doing some kind of like animate your mana rocks, like play a ton of mana rocks, animate those and eventually kill people with those. So you don't yeah. start animating until the moment where you've like proliferated a bunch. So they're just sitting there. You're putting counters on them doing blue crap where you're you sure. know <laughs> sure. where you're like bouncing everybody's stuff or countering key things and then you finally go okay now i'm gonna high tide turn these six things into you know 2020s and kill everybody or yeah that, that way like that that's probably how that goes yeah I, I don't know it just seems a little slow to me to do that you know and yeah don't get me wrong good thing about blue, blue like, is they can they, they really can, they can like, buy that time that's yeah. right um <laughs> but you know i just 
I don't know. That one didn't inspire me as much, I guess I'd say. It seems good in this deck, though, because it's another way to sort of oh, get more. And the flying is going to be useful on a lot of the vehicles. That's right. Giving those vehicles flying is, oh, it's exquisite. <laughs> okay, let's talk about the stats of this deck, uh, because it will help inform or inform everybody out there why we made the decisions we've made about the additions, the subtractions, stuff like that. Sure. So Buckle Up has the deck stats of ramp cards. There are 12, so a lot. Yeah. Card draw, there's 13. A lot. Single target removal. This one's interesting. There are nine single target removal spells, which is in line with what we've been talking about a lot in the last uh, you know year and a half or so on the show of right. a lot more single target removal these days. Board wipes, there are only two. Interesting because I find this to be a little bit low in a vehicles deck because like you said, vehicles in general, one of their strong points is they don't die to Wrath of God type effects because they're, they're not creatures at the time you cast that stuff. So it feels like this deck would want to have a couple more w- board wipes than we would normally have to take advantage of that, right? Yeah, absolutely. That was something I, I, th- I thought was really interesting because, as you said, like they dodge wraths, right? And so the other the other uh, deck, the Upgrade Unleashed deck, yeah. that deck had five wraths in it. Which and that's I, a token go-wide deck <laughs> yeah. that doesn't want to wrath the board. Yeah. So I was like, well, that's that's backwards. <laughs> why? why yeah. That should be flipped, if anything. But, you know, yeah. I, to each their own. Okay. Uh, and then deck-specific stats. So artifact, either support or payoff cards, there are 55 in the deck, a ton. It is. It really is like an artifact deck. Like, That's right. Yeah. They really leaned into that. Which It's I, obviously which Azorius, like. but there are a ton of artifact synergies. Uh, vehicles or vehicle support cards, there are 18. That's right. Um, 15 of those are actual vehicles. Uh, there are 13 artifact creatures, which matters for some of the cards in the deck. That's right. And then graveyard recursion, kind of low. There's only five. And I would say... That number is the only argument against running Shorakai as your commander, uh, which is not a very strong argument. I, I think we're both going to agree here, but <laughs> that's the only th- I thing I think you could say. So the yeah. next the next category we always talk about is who should you run as your commander? feels like we're on the same page that we both think you should probably take, even if you didn't change the deck at all, I actually yeah. think it's stronger if you just took Katori, shuffled it into the deck, and put Shorakai as your commander. Yeah, uh, there's something to be said for having a commander that will always put you up cards. It always gives you something to do. Right. And at throughout the course of the game, like you said, even if you just swap out Shorakai as the commander, you're just going to be able to outvalue your opponents. You're always going to be up cards. I, I'm also not convinced that you won't be stronger for the vehicle synergy anyway, because the pilots do what Katori does. That's right, yeah. And that's, that's why I made that note earlier about the crew cost of three or less, because anything with a crew cost of three or less... Uh, Shorakai's pilots are going to be able to pilot anyways. So they have the advantage over Katori. Katori has the advantage, if anything, has a crew cost at four or greater. Right. Which isn't most of this deck and right. isn't even most of the vehicles in the history of Magic. So And you can get around it with just two pilots or a pilot and something else anyway. So That's it's right. not like you have to jump through a ton of hoops. Just like It's not like it hurts you that much. There's obviously the lifelink and the vigilance, but there's no life gain synergies in the deck at all. So that part doesn't matter. I just find very little, even playing devil's advocate, and reason that you would run Katori as the commander of the deck is it's kind of interesting that that's the 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 choice that wizard the made? lead singer yeah. of the deck like why not just swap it I don't know yeah the other thing is it's like it oh. might have been they might have done that originally and then decided it was a little bit confusing that it was a vehicle that said this can be your commander on the front of the deck and sure. just said okay let's just switch them sure and yeah. then smart people like us will figure out like hey run shorkai because it's just better yeah yeah <laughs> absolutely yeah because that was that was a bit of a head scratcher for myself too it's like you you guys made this a 
sweet Azorius vehicles deck. Why would I not want to run the Azorius the vehicle? vehicle? Yeah, right. Like I want to run this <laughs> mech. We came here to smash face with mechs. Okay, so, so yeah, so we will have made our decisions about the ten cards to add and take out based on the fact that we think you should run Shorakai as the commander out of the box. I know some people that upsets them. Sorry, there are other budget or other deck upgrade videos out there. Maybe that we'll talk about Katori, but we don't think it's as good. So that's not what we're recommending. Absolutely. Uh, okay. Let's, oh, just as my tablet goes to sleep and uh, oh. doesn't want to come back online. Oh, That's boy. Okay. Okay. Uh, hello, my it. baby. Hello, yeah. my honey. Good. Hello. Damn, damn. <laughs> <laughs> That's how they used to buy time back in the 20s. Okay. Yeah, that was my time, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's talk about deck value. We went over this in our reveal video, but this deck the, the one part where it's kind of the most disappointing is deck value. So we got to note that the prices we're going to reference here are from prior to the deck reveal. We do we always do that because we are usually talking about these decks before the rest of the world even knows about them. So we can't check the prices from after. Right. Yeah. That doesn't, it just, if, if you think about it logically, it just kind of makes sense that we got to do it that way. Yeah. Other, there are a lot of other sites, MTG Goldfish. I know the prof does it this way where they are looking at the deck prices from the time of release when the world does know about yep. it. So you can, as long as everybody's doing within their own stuff the same, that way they can compare their numbers to their own numbers from before, which is That's what right. we're doing. Okay, so our total reprint value for this deck, the only the reprints, not including the new cards, was $53.42. Yikes. The lowest of any pre-con deck in the history of pre-con decks. Of our podcast, which <laughs> yeah. we've been doing the stats and the data. So we weren't, around when the very first commander decks came out fair sure. but i'm guessing the reprint value was much higher than this but who knows yeah that's uh, true that's that's fair but the average precon reprint value of the past three years for any deck that's come out whether it's been like full-on commander decks or just even those mini set decks that came out was between 80 and 90 dollars and right. this is like close to half of that which is listen i, I already went off about this so i'm not going to waste a lot of time on this episode but i think it's super disappointing and they just got to do better about that like you can't have 53 dollars. it's so easy to just add we're going to talk about a few cards that one single card would put it into the 70s or 80s that's right and would work really well with the deck yeah i this was so here's the thing you know to to give them their due you know when i was editing this deck it's it's well constructed yeah they they hit the markers that they needed to yeah. hit so i got to give them that right that's fair However, you can absolutely hit those numbers and still have good value. And just they, take out one basic land and put in a Vidalcan Orrery or a... Yep. Well, there's some other cards. I don't want to spoil it. That sure. would probably be a little bit of fit. But even then, just like without changing the deck, and because I think it is well built, right? you could still easily add 20 to $25 in reprint yep. value, which is a single card. Here's an interesting stat. Okay. Would you like... So the other, uh, the other pre-con, right? The yeah. upgrade only. Cheshiro. Yeah. Would you like to guess how many of the top value cards in that deck you'd have to reach before you reach this number? What do you mean? So how many of those reprints, the total deck, would yeah. you have to hit before you have a value greater than the va total value of this deck? Oh, I don't know. Like, oh, like if you just went down the, the most expensive reprints in Correct. the other deck? I don't know. Yeah, 10. 11. Okay. At 11, you are at a greater value than this. So the top 11 cards from the Gruel deck are basically more worth more than this. The this reprint. whole deck. The reprints in this yeah, deck, sure, I should sure. say. Because yeah. I think the new cards in this deck will probably end up being worth more than the Cheshire reprints. Yeah, no, that's totally fair. But yeah, I just saw that and I'm like, why? It's and just like, crazy. I don't, I don't get it. I don't know. Let's talk about what the notable reprints in this deck are. Uh, 
Mirage Mirror, a format staple, about $6, again, before the reprints were announced. That's the biggest one and the only one over $5. Then there are a bunch of sort of... the Psy, I guess, Master Thopters is four fifty or was four fifty. Right, it's close. So that's like the next highest. And then there's a bunch of stuff that's just between 2 and $3. Uh, Felwar Stone, Generous Gift, Spire of Industry, Smuggler's Copter, Emery, Lurker of the Lock. I think all those are really good cards in the stack. Yeah, no. I'm quite happy that those cards are in here. But they it's shouldn't just... be the third through you know eighth best yeah. right they should be the sixth through 12th or whatever yeah exactly yeah, yeah, math, math on the fly don't yeah, do that. yeah it's fine we understand what you're trying to say <laughs> yeah that was that was kind of disappointing i saw people you know talking online like you know where's the talisman those have yet to be reprinted that'd yeah, be why great not just reprint one of the talisman yeah and then the other thing is like this is an artifact deck and to my knowledge this is the first artifact deck they've printed that doesn't have artifact lands in it Oh yeah, just put seed of the sign on and stuff in yeah. there. Why not? Why, why like why not? It's yeah. not hurting it. Those are a couple bucks, you know. But nah. well, I mean, one of my main uh, sort of gripes with the reprint cross was just that the mana base has thirty basic lands. Yeah, thirty. Oh it's my! It's like come Lord. on, just take ten of those and make them into some kind of dual land, and you probably get up towards the seventy dollar mark at least. Yeah. Just even all the. I'm not even talking like you know. Obviously, yes, please put a shock land or something in there. But even if you just do the like the pain lands and the filter lands and everything else like that. Some of that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Or you're a big advocate for the battle bond lands. Yeah, example. exactly. Just yeah. Put, the, put it in there. Why just not? Throw it in there. Why not? Yeah. It's not hurting you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You'd still only be like $60 of value. <laughs> yeah. It'd still be low. Okay. Let's talk about the best cards in the deck. Enough griping about the reprint value. I already did that yeah, for a whole episode. It's passed. Okay. Um, best cards in this deck. Uh, Damon, what do you think they are? All right, so the first one, this card I love. In so this is a card from... Yeah, go ahead. All right, so it's Imposter Mech. Yep. It's... Here we go. Yeah, go ahead and read it. Yep. One in a blue for an artifact vehicle. It's a 3-1. And you may have Imposter Mech enter the battlefield as a copy of a creature and opponent controls, except it's a vehicle artifact with crew three, and it loses our, all other card types. And then it ha obviously has crew three. This is like the new occasionally better phantasmal image absolutely yeah a two mana clone is huge now a lot of people have pointed out this is what i think the first clone ever that can't see your board it only sees yeah. your opponent so that's very interesting however a, a slight downside from phantasmal image for right. sure however i'd say i don't know 80 85 percent of the time i'm cloning something of an opponent's anyways like you have three opponents you're one player so yeah, odds sure. are they probably have something that you want and being able to copy that for two mana is huge. And then on top of that, the fact that it's an artifact vehicle means it's hard to remove. So you copy anything with a really good triggered or activated ability, and you just have that sitting on your battlefield. And you can control when it's a creature and when it's not. Yep. When you want it to be, you know, the most at risk and when you don't. So like... Yeah, the fact that it's not a creature unless you want it to be makes it way better. Because exactly. it's just harder to remove. And of course, there are combo type stuff. People have talked about this with the... Um, swift reconfiguration card but it works with imposter mech as well where like right. if you happen to clone a devoted druid or something well you just have infinite mana because until you turn into a creature it will not die from having the negative one counters yeah you can just keep adding those negative counters just never it. crew it yep and you're good and nobody can enforce you to crew it there's no card that does that yet yeah, but even like crew or even like cloning like an oracle will die like yeah. that's incredible in a blue deck yeah that's crazy like yeah. oh I, and and it's very hard to kill like you you need artifact removal for it so that's right yeah i can see this being one of the best cards from the entire neon dynasty set yeah, honestly absolutely uh, uh, the next one you've got down here is emery lurker of the lock which is recursion for artifacts uh this is a whole deck that's very strong and this is an artifact deck it had what 55 artifacts in it or something so yeah yeah that's obviously going to be very very good uh and recursion with shorkai especially it's one of the five recursion pieces so you're going to look at the top two cards oh 
I have an artifact in here that's small. I'm going to put that into my graveyard because I know Emery can bring it back. It just means that now Shurikai is almost drawing you two cards. That's right. Yeah, because that that all, when, once you play Emery, every artifact in your graveyard is basically in your hand. Yeah. It's additional thing that you can cast without using additional resources. So it just it frequently overperforms. On top of that, I know we didn't read it, but uh, it has the ability where it costs one less for each artifact you control. Yeah. You're frequently going to play it for one blue mana. Right. So which it makes Emery super cheap and yeah, super good in the deck. Yeah. And we're going to add some untapping um, synergy as well. Oh, yeah, we are. Which also makes Emery better. That's right. Okay, and I alluded to it. This is a card that uh, a lot of people are excited about. Yep. It's Swift Reconfiguration. You want to read it? This is one of the new cards. All right, here we go. So, Swift Reconfiguration. For a single white mana, you have an enchantment aura. It has flash, enchant creature or vehicle. Enchanted Permanent is a vehicle artifact with crew five and loses all other card types. And it has, in parentheses, not a creature unless it's crewed. So this card, I'll be honest, when I first saw it, I thought it was terrible. Because I saw it, I'm like, we don't play pacifisms in EDH. Pacifism is a bad card. Right. And then I got into a discussion. I mean, I have to give credit where it's due. Jake, good job on that one. (laughs) You can use this on your own creatures. Right. And turn your creatures into vehicles. And the fact that it lets you make any relevant creature you have dodge all creature removal is incredible. Could be amazing, yeah. And I think a lot of, like, commanders specifically would want this yep. just to make them harder to kill. You often want to protect your commander. Yeah. I think it's got because it's funny because I think everybody first looks at it and thinks it's crappy. Yep. And then all the discussion around it and online and everything with all the combos and everything, I think actually people are now overrating it where it's like the devoted druid stuff. Sweet. Sure. That's cool. It's cool. But that's like one interaction. And there's a couple interactions like that. Uh, In this deck specifically, do you think it's going to be good? Because does it have the support? So I think to to like make it like, especially if we're running Shorakai, who's already a vehicle. So we're not going to cast this on Shorakai. Right. So there's kind of two, two parts to that, I guess you could say. We, there's a lot of creatures in here that are like value creatures. You right. want them for their activator trigger ability. Like right. I said, the fact that like your opponent goes to wrath and you're like, well, you know, I'm still going to keep my vehicles and that's great and dandy. But it's like, I really want like this Emery, for example. Right. It's like, I'm just going to save it. And now you just have that as a very hard to remove creature because Emery is, is like a must kill threat. And there's a lot of creatures in this deck that fall into that category. And then on top of that, you know, it doubles as like, oh, they're about to attack me with their Voltron commander. Right. I can ho- I can stem that, re- you know, real quick. You can even do it mid-attack, right? Because yeah, you they can, become, it's flash. So yeah. you can wait till they do it. Yeah, you can be like, oh, you know, who are you going to attack with that? Oh, I don't know. And they attack you and you're just like, well, no. And yeah, they can crew it later, but it's sort of similar to a bounce spell almost in that instance. A little bit worse because obviously they don't have to pay the mana and cast it again. But, you know, yeah, they can crew it next turn. But if you're mid-attack, you won't be able to crew it. Yeah, but crew turn. five is big. Crew five is a lot. Yeah, Crew 5 is a lot. For so, sure. you know, Crew 5 is quite a bit. It basically is like at least one other creatures and probably two of your creatures on your board now have to accrue that thing. So it kind of takes them out of, a, you know, attacking with those or whatever. Although small creatures later in games don't tend to attack a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I don't know. I don't know if I think it's one of the best cards in the deck, but that's why this whole discussion is interesting. Um, let's talk about the next one, which I believe is I'm very excited to just use in general. Yeah. And some of that untapped synergy we were talking about. Yeah. I know you were talking about this for your Tim deck. Yeah. This is, I mean, this is just the type of effect that I love. So yep. it's drum bellower, which is another new card in the deck. It is two and a white for a two, one spirit with flying it just says untap all creatures you control during each other players untap step. Now should note 
Shorokai will not be a creature most of the time. Yep. So you will have to crew it if you want to get the untap, which is a lot of crewing because it's crew eight. So you probably want Katori out if you're going to do something like that. Well, I was going to say, so crew is until end of turn, right? Yes. And you don't have a opportunity to respond during somebody's untap step. Correct. So there is basically never an opportunity where your vehicles are going to be able to untap with this. And I told Oh yeah, I, that's a really good point. Yeah. Even I, with Katori out or whatever, there's no uh, no no, because this is a Yeah, no, untap, it's not a triggered ability that goes on the stack, it right? It does not. It just, yeah, untaps just like during their untap step. Yeah. So there will never be an opportunity where your vehicles were on tap with this. Unless you make If them it was worded trigger. whenever your opponent untaps then blah, blah, blah. But yeah. there's no trigger moment. You just, yeah. yeah. And I saw people talking about that. So I want to make that clear to clear up that confusion. There is never an opportunity where your vehicles are going to be able to untap with this unless they were a creature from some other effect, not their crew. Right. Um, yeah, however, something that just turned them into a creature for good, basically. Exactly. Yeah. However, untapping all of your creatures on everybody's untap step is still very, very good. Yeah. Um, like, I cannot, I guess, undersell how good that is. Like, that... It, it depends, just, I think, on how many... I mean, obviously, for crew, for vehicle decks, you're tapping a crew them. Right. So, untapping is just good there because you're already going to be tap, tapping a crew. But then it depends on how many other creatures in the deck have, like, Emery tap abilities. Because untapping your creatures, like, if it's Oracle Moldiah or, you know, something like that, sure. eh, doesn't really do much. You're not unlikely to attack with them and, you know, them being tapped or untapped. I mean, I... Like, they, they weren't going to become tapped, so untapping them doesn't do a lot. So, it, it I think it really depends on the makeup of the deck for how good that is. Yeah. When it's good, it's going to be insane, though. Absolutely. Because yeah. that's three untapped. So, Emery's just like, yep, everybody's turn, I can do my thing. Yep, exactly. Or, or you know, even with even with Shorakai, uh, if you have other ways to untap him, be, making it so those pilots can continuously crew on opponent's turns is, yeah. is pretty good. Um, and that's even, like, its worst case scenario, I guess I would say. So, this thing has, has a very high ceiling, and I'm really excited to see how it plays out it can just be the threat too so i've got three pilots i crew my shorkai so it could block and then they're untapped on the next turn so yeah. it can just sort of leave you with good defensive posture that's a good point shorkai yeah. has a very big threat of activation yeah it's hard to attack for your opponents to attack into an 8-8 although so. you know i could see people doing that so you'll turn into creatures so they can kill it so be careful that's true yeah. absolutely all right those are the best cards in the deck we are now going to move on to the fun part of this whole exercise which is the 10 cards that we think you should add and the 10 we think you should take out for $30 or less mm -hmm. to get this thing, uh, I was going to say ready to rumble, but what is a revved up and We're ready, rev you up. We're gonna ready to you. race? <laughs> ready to race. We're going to help you. These cards are going to get you past the finish line. There you go. There you go. There you go. There this you is go. equivalent to the NOS in your engine there that's going to blast you forward. <laughs> it doesn't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. Okay. I don't know. I just had to say that. Okay. But, but, uh, but real quick, we're going to take a quick break. Hear a message from our sponsors. We'll be right back. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard 
just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. All right, we're back. We are talking about the Buckle Up Azorius Vehicles Precon deck from Kamigawa Neon Dynasty. We are about to get into the fun part, which is the 10 cards to add and the 10 to take out to get this thing across the finish line. That's right. Um, yeah, it's about as family. As fast as dog. possible. It's about <laughs> family. <laughs> All right, uh, Damon, you did the legwork on this, let's so let's, let's start the rundown here. What is the first card that you think... Uh, we should add to the deck. All right. So we kind of alluded to, to this earlier, but one of the strengths of vehicles is the fact that they dodge wraths. They dodge creature wraths. They dodge sorcerer speed removal. And we talked about how we thought the wrath in the count was a little low. Yeah. So I wanted to fix that. So the first card I'm adding here is austere command. So $1.90. That's right. I didn't $1. realize it was so cheap now. That's great. Yeah. It's been reprinted a couple of times. So uh, good job, wizards. Yeah. <laughs> good All job right. on that reprint. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So austere command is four white, white for sorcery. Choose two. Destroy all artifacts. You're not going to pick that. Destroy all enchantments. Destroy all creatures with converted mana cost three or less. Or destroy all creatures with converted mana cost four or greater. So, so this is also good because you could do like enchantments and big creatures and leave your pilots around. That was a big thing I was looking for with my wraths. I want to be able to keep my pilots. Um, your pilots are your best resource for crewing your vehicles. Because And you talked about this uh, during the deck reveal with Jake. You know, building a vehicle deck is kind of like building an equipment deck. You have to make that balance of creatures to vehicles. Shorkai completely gets around that by giving you the creatures. And well, he doesn't give you the vehicles, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, but he gives you the creatures as a vehicle, which is fantastic. So I want to be able to keep those pilots. This is a wrath that does that exquisitely. You're going to be able to wrath either enchantments or even big creatures, like you said. You're going to be able to keep those pilots and you're going to be able to keep, more importantly, your vehicles. Yeah, and I would say, like, in general, you're going to probably the most common usage is still going to be big creatures and small creatures for sure. this. Mm -hmm. You just have the option sometimes. But yeah. a lot of times you're going to look around and be like, yeah, I'd still like to kill all their little stuff and I'm going to lose three pilots, but whatever. Because right. I'll still keep most of my board. They'll lose all of theirs and I can re repopulate my pilots by just tapping Shurikai a few times. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I just, you know, flexible wraths are good. Yeah. And this is one that just happens to work pretty well with this deck. And I was really happy to include it. All right. What is your next include? All right. This one is pretty spicy. All right. We got perplexing test. It's three blue blue for an instant. Choose one. Return all creature tokens to their owner's hands or return all non-token creatures to their owner's hands. This was about $4.30 
uh, before we just mentioned it just now. That's right. So again, we got another Wrath. It's instant speed. So again, your creature, your cr- vehicles are not going to be creatures on your opponent's turns most of the time. Yep. And then on top of that, you can choose the non-token option. So your pilots will dodge this wrath. Yeah. So you're still going to retain those pilots on your opponent's turn, still be able to crew your vehicles, but you're just going to be able to wrath all of your opponent's creatures back to hand. Even if you do it on your turn, you just don't crew yet. That's right. That's the thing about your choosing when to do it. So you could easily be like, play this on my turn, crew all my vehicles attack. Yep. And then you're just like, well, you're dead now. Yeah. Because all your creatures are Because you didn't have any blockers. Yeah. Well, yeah. Where'd they go? I don't know. <laughs> uh, that seems great. Yeah. I like that you added two wraths first, the, like right off. And when I made my Shurikai deck for Game Nights, mm-hmm. my first iteration of the list, it was like 12 wraths. <laughs> Wrath tribal. And then I looked at it and I was like, that's not going to make for a very fun game on yeah, Game Nights. That's so I, I didn't, I decided to like pivot off of that strategy. But I think you know, that is one of the strengths of the deck and having at least better than two wraths. You're like, you know, there's already two in the deck. You add a couple more. That'll at least allow you to lean into that. And you don't have to be totally mean and run 15 wraths. That's right. Yeah. You can kind of find that that medium, that happy medium. That balance, yeah. yeah. Uh, don't play balance, though. Cause no. Yeah, okay. No, unfortunately, no. Uh, the next one is a vehicle. I mean, it's a vehicle on one side. That's right. All right. So we'll read the front side, but to be honest, you're playing it for the backside. So we got Cosima, God of the Voyage, two and a blue for a legendary creature god. At the beginning of your upkeep, you may exile Cosima. If you do, it gains whenever it landed to the battlefield under your control. If Cosima is exiled, you may put a Voyage counter on it. If you don't, return it to the battlefield with X plus one plus one counters on it and draw X cards where X is the number of Voyage counters on it. And she's a two four. It's that's a slow like landfall card draw yeah. engine. All right, let's not. It's cool, but it, that's not why we're putting it in the deck. No, it's for the other side because this is an MDFC. That's right. Backside. Here we go. The Omen Kill. One in a white for a legendary artifact vehicle it's a 3-3 with crew one whenever a vehicle you control deals combat damage to a player any vehicle not just itself any vehicle that player exiles that many cards from the top of their library and you may play those lands for as long as they remain exiled so there's two things here one any vehicle not just itself so it gives all of your your, all of your vehicles a pseudo card draw effect right and it's that many so you can only play the lands i think the way you read it i I heard it as you could play any of the cards you exile that many and then you can only play the lands out of that many that you exiled you can't play the other spells it's not like gaunti or something like that yeah absolutely um but yeah but it is that is card draw, right? Anytime you play a land that is um, not you, from your hand, yeah, not from your hand, then you have drawn a card. That card just happened to be a land, so that's right. card advantage. Yeah. And the sure. other thing I love about this, specifically with Shorakai, with Shorakai, it now gives you the option with this on the battlefield to start pitching your lands because you always yes. have this huge reserve of lands. So now, whenever you're out. choosing between your top two cards, you you're don't have like, to take lands because right. yeah, you can you, just be like, nah, I don't need that land because I have these like five. I'm gonna hit all my land drops, no problem. Yeah. Exactly. And stealing lands from your opponents is just it's so cheeky, and I love it. You know? <laughs> Especially when your opponents play with fancy lands, and most of our opponents here at the command zone do. So you could steal a guy's cradle or something. Yeah, I know you love your guy's cradle. So <laughs> me, uh, yeah, you specifically, or even. <laughs> like a strip mine you know i know you like oh, that i love strip mine because everybody plays guys cradle around here that's right <laughs> so uh okay that card was 30 cents by the way before uh you know i guess before the we'd mentioned it, it's not going to go up in value because we mentioned it here it's 30 cents card okay uh what's the next one all right so we got mobile garrison i'm going to say this card was 20 cents it is a three mana artifact vehicle it says whenever mobile garrison attacks untap target artifact or creature you control has a crew cost of two and it's a three four so this, to me, was probably the only, this and the Omen Kill were the only vehicles that I saw when I saw the list where I was like, oh, those are missing. Those are probably the best vehicles that aren't in the deck. And the fact that this can get in and then untap your Shorakai is 
Incredible. So, yeah. you know, you play this, then you play Shorokai, use Shorokai's ability, make the pilot, use the pilot, crew this, attack, untap your Shorokai. Like, yeah. oh, that's, it's music to my ears. I love tapping on tap of shenanigans. And, yeah, me uh, too. This is a, a, a card I added to my version of the deck as well. And that sequence is very, very powerful. You're just looking for any ways that untap Shorokai and the fact that this also synergizes with your vehicle synergies that already exist. That's right. Yeah, this seems like a must include in the deck. Yep. All right, what's the next one? All right. So this next one, sort of a, it's a vehicle, but not a vehicle. So we got Deadeye Quartermaster. It's three and a blue for a 2-2 creature human pilot. Whenever Deadeye Quartermaster enters the battlefield, you may search your library for an equipment. We don't care about that. Or vehicle card, reveal it, put it in your hand, then shuffle your library. It's just a, it's just a vehicle tutor. Yep. Whatever your best vehicle is in this situation right now, go get it. So like, and then on top of that, it's the Sarah's a two-two can crew things, you know. But really, it's just—it's probably Mobile Garrison. Yeah, it might be Smuggler's Copter or Sky Sovereign. Those are probably the other two. But or the Imposter Mech. Yeah, oh yeah, Imposter Mech's really. Yeah, good. they have something good on the battlefield. Just like, let me just go get an Imposter Mech so I can have one too. Um, it's just a very efficient tutor. It's you, cheap. Uh, I, like I said, you know, it's it's only about twenty-five cents. Yep. So like, it's great. Seems great. Yeah. Seems great. There hasn't been enough vehicle decks for the vehicle tutor to, to be worth a lot yet. Yeah, exactly. And then, uh, you know, equipments, equipment decks aren't typically blue. So, yep. like, it hasn't really had a home yet. And this just seems like a great place for it. So. All right. I like that. The next card, I can't believe, is only 10 cents. Yeah. This card was definitely not 10 cents before. But, they, but they've they, reprinted it. Yeah. I think it was in. Good job, Wizards. Yeah. I think it was in the uh, Modern. Modern uh, Horizons. Modern Horizons. One or two. Yeah, yeah. Two, I think. Yeah. I'm not sure. And so, that that did wonders for this this card which uh-huh. is called wonder <laughs> so the card is wonder it's three and a blue for a creature incarnation it has flying it's a two two you don't care about that what you care about as long as wonder is in your graveyard and you have an island creatures you control have flying so shurikai lets you dump things into the graveyard pretty easily that's right this is a card that is happy to be pitched happy to sit in your graveyard it gives all of your vehicles and all your other creatures but really all of your vehicles evasion and a very relevant evasion ability there's usually at least one player that you're going to be able to get in at if not more oh flying for all your creatures is just super powerful and often just wins you the game at a moment when you're like all right give everything flying and you know you're at 20 i just kill you yeah like we just talked about two creatures two vehicles that are great and have great either attack or damage abilities but they don't have evasion this gets around that this yeah. gives you that evasion that you need for essentially free too because you're just going to activate shurikai anyway draw the card make the token and you just put a card into your graveyard yep. you don't have to cast this in any way exactly and i love that and the and the cool thing with shurikai is his discard effect isn't doesn't have to be one of the ones you just drew it's any card in your hand oh. so even if this was yep. sitting in your hand and you didn't have anything to do with it you just activate shurikai you pitch it now there you go very good point very good point yep. all right we got a couple more to go the next one's also 10 cents we've got we've got a string of really cheap ones good job yeah we're saving up we so are. that near the end, there are going to be a slightly more expensive ones. <laughs> Don't worry, guys. I got you. <laughs> All right. So this card I like. It does double duty. So we got Rebecca, Architect of Ascension. Three and a white for a legendary creature, Human Artificer. It's a 3-4. Artifacts you control have protection from each converted mana cost amongst artifacts you control. So let's say you play a mana rock and then you play Shorokai. Shorokai yeah. and that mana rock now have protection from, from two, two and, and from four. four. Yep. And so there's there's a couple things. That there are mana rocks that cost three, just FYI. Right. And and actually, a Cultivated Caravan is in the deck, which is a, a mana rock that costs three. Right. So as you keep putting out these artifacts, your cre- your vehicles are going to have protection from more and more things. And it does two things for you. One, it makes them harder to remove. So that targeted removal that could hit them 
now is a lot more difficult for their, your opponents to use. And then two, it gives them evasion. Yeah. And that was a big thing that I wanted. I mean, we just mentioned two vehicles that don't have evasion. Shorakai doesn't have evasion. Shorakai is a three-hit kill on any player. Sure. I mean, I know you... Three is so many turns that I don't think that's worth, like, yeah. okay, well, only but, but three, he, six, nine but, turns. I got everybody. But you know what it is, though? Like, later in the game, when, you know, some some players are out... Then you, the eight damage matters. Down. Now, all of a sudden, that that three hit is a clock. You know, I mean, if they've been whittled down, it doesn't matter. Two hits will probably kill them because sure, yeah, and, yeah. and it is a lot. But like, I just like I like having a deck that can have inefficient backup sure. plan. Sure, sure. I just don't think the commander damage matters there. Okay, I guess I guess that's fair. It's just something that I definitely take take into consideration as a backup plan. You know, you're playing against a life gain deck, and now you don't need to run a card to hose that life gain deck. You have this in your back pocket as a way to deal with them. Sure. Sir. So, anyways, but back to Rebecca. But I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think Rebecca's great for what you said. I don't think the commander damage matters at all. Sure. But just the fact that, like, if I have three or four vehicles, they're suddenly very hard to block because, yeah, the protection, yep. usually Rebecca is just like, hey, you can't kill my man rocks and equipment and things like that. Yep. In this deck's because of the vehicles, they're creatures. The protection actually means you can't block with your four, two, or three CMC stuff, right. which means you probably can't block at all. Yep. And now my vehicles are kind of unblockable, which I think makes a pretty big difference as far as being able to get the damage in there and sort of get somebody out of the game. Because people tend to stabilize later in games. Yep. And then it, it you know, they've got their defenses up. They've got their stuff that's like, they're prepared. And having ways to punch in there yep. can make a big difference. So it can obviously, it can, you know, be like play Rebecca where they weren't suspecting it and be like, oh, this is basically like playing a card that gives everything unblockable. Yeah. And screws up your removal. Yeah, that's something else I like about her. Um, she doesn't care if your vehicles become creatures because they're still artifacts. Yeah. So when your your vehicles are at their most vulnerable is when they're creatures and she still protects them in that's, that instance. Yeah, that's great. Which I really like. So, you know, they're not going to be able to most of the time like path your your vehicles and, and I think that's really powerful. The other thing that I wanted to note... Um, so it's protection, right? That means you can't target either. Crew doesn't target. So you don't care about that all that much. You're really it not. would matter for something like, because it is protection. So you can't actually, it's similar, more similar to Shroud than Hexproof in that right. you also can't target it with your things that, I don't know, if you had an aura or something like right. that, that are three or four CMT. Right. But, but I like that. Like It doesn't said. tend to matter for vehicles. Right. Yeah. Because crew doesn't target. So yeah. you, don't, you don't really care. Although would it, it Katsumasa might turn off Katsumasa, but I think that's fine. Yeah. It's one card in your deck. Yep. Um, Okay, this next card is one of the more expensive ones. It's about eight bucks. And this is the f card that everyone's talking about in combination with Shurikai. Yeah, and in, well, let me read it and then I'll kind of get into that a little bit more. So we got Intruder Alarm. Two and a blue for an enchantment. Creatures don't untap during their controller's untap steps. But whenever a creature comes into play, untap all creatures. So this deck comes with three creatures that tap for mana. You just need one of those Shorakai, and then as long as Shorakai became a creature through some sort of effect, and don't get me wrong, that's a that's hurdle, hard. That's hard, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, there's some ways. Right. As long as Shorakai is a creature and you have one of those, this goes infinite because you can tap the creature for the mana, tap Shorakai, make a pilot. The pilot enters, untaps both. You'll of draw them, your you whole deck, and you will have infinite pilots. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it doesn't win you the game on the spot because it's not infinite mana and they won't have haste. Right. Now you can get infinite mana if you just have two of those or yeah. one of the creatures actually taps for two mana. So that would work. But now you're talking about like a 17 card combo because you need two mana dorks, intruder alarm, Shorakai out, and Shorakai crude. Right. And that's, I think, the big j hurdle with 
crewing the Shurikai. Right, because you need three pilots. Yeah, so the Shurikai has to be crewed and be a creature for Intruder Alarm to affect it because it doesn't untap anything but creatures, which is just a ton of... I, I, I don't think this card is bad because I think yeah. untapping your creatures in a vehicle's deck is like something you want to do. I think it's being overstated how good it is, though. Yeah, sure, and that's totally fair. Um, but like I said, you do have one creature that taps for two, so you just need that plus Shurikai. And then on top of that... Um, I, I kind of did some additional research with this deck in specific. This deck has four ways to crew Shorkai that aren't uh, crewing it. So it, there are ways in the deck to get around that that crew hurdle. But like you said, that is an additional card that you're adding. Yeah. Um, but that being said, you know... And remember, you just... the, the downside of Intruder Alarm is it's global. Right. So anytime anything comes out... So it's not a card you can like just play and pass turn, right? You're right. helping your opponents. They are going to be able to use it, and a lot of opponents will be able to abuse it. So you basically hold it in your hand until you're able to go off with it. Otherwise, you might be making one of your opponents go off. Yeah. So, yeah. The other... Th I mean... I mean, I think it's very good. Yeah. I just want to caution everybody out there who's like, oh my god, Intruder Alarm's crazy in this deck. It's not that crazy. It's, it's there's, good. You're, there's it's... like six other cards in the deck that you have to get out with this. Sure. And then you kind of also have to, you know... Crew Shurikai, so yeah. it's... But the other yeah. thing is, you you know, you don't even have to go infinite. You can just go many, quote-unquote. Like, you're just filtering through your deck because of Shurikai that, like, you know, you don't need to go all that deep for sure, good. Sure, sure. I mean, um, you have to crew Shurikai. Yeah, it has that, to become a creature, and having played my version of the deck, you don't do that very much. It's hard. It's, yeah. eight, having eight power put into Shurikai is difficult to do. Yeah. On a turn that you also play Intruder Alarm, right? Right. So, that yeah, it's just tougher than I think people think. Yeah. The no. next card I like a lot better because you don't have to do that stuff. Yeah, and this was a card... I kind of wish, well, Wizards, this should have been in the deck, but, you know. <laughs> there you go. It would have upped the value yeah. by, uh, wait, $9.10. That's right. So we got Unwinding Clock. It's four mana for an artifact. Untap all artifacts you control during each other player's untap step. It's Drum Bellower, but for artifacts. Boom! It doesn't care if it's a creature or not. Nope. So you just need this plus any artifact that taps for mana, and you got Shorikon everybody's turn. Oh, it's so it's glorious. It's, 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 I'm making a pilot and I'm drawing a card and putting a card in my graveyard in everybody's turn. Yep. It's, yeah. Again, this card, it should have been in the deck, but it wasn't. But that's okay because we're going to add it right here. It's only about nine bucks, like you said, and it just makes this deck sing. Uh, being able to give all of your vehicles sort of a pseudo vigilance uh, is really strong. Untapping Shorkai is great because he has a tap ability that only casts a single mana. And you have a ton of mana rocks that again those will untap as well so it's it, kind of an underplayed card in the format i think it just hasn't caught up to the fact that people are playing so many more mana rocks yeah. than they used to so this card is like a seedborn muse that's usable in like mono blue or mono white yep. and i think in general like this card's nine dollars and ten cents you should probably buy them now because the format's waking up to the fact that just every deck now is running you know, 10 to 15 mana rocks. Yep. So often you play this for basically free, right? You pay it and then... On the next, on the next turn, you have at least four yeah. mana worth of... Or four mana coming from artifacts in some way. Yeah. And in this deck, yeah, like you said, it's even more insane because of Shorkai. Not even just Shorkai, though. Your vehicles. And what we say was, a you know, Katori, one of the whole things it does is give <laughs> vigilance, vigilance to your, to your, this, your does it. this does that, right? It yep. untaps your vehicles. Yep. And then you're making... 
it's untapping a vehicle that's making pilots to crew those vehicles again. Yep. So it keeps your defenses up on as well. Yeah. yeah I think this is probably se- like the best card in the deck. Yeah. You know, when, once after, you add it, once you add it, this, yeah. this card is going to frequently overperform for you. And this is more than likely going to be the card you want the most. This is the card you're going to be digging for with your Shorakai. Yeah. You're when I play my Shorakai deck, that is the card that I want the most at all, almost all points in the game. Yeah. And yeah. then I did have another thing to note, you know, you mentioned outside of this deck specifically, but this also works with artifact lands. Yeah. It will untap your artifact lands. Why didn't so, they just put some artifact lands in the deck? <laughs> you know. If you have those, put them in the deck. We're Absolutely. Not, you know, we don't want to go over budget, so we can't, but you should. Absolutely. All right. The, that's only nine cards. We got one more and a little bit of budget left. What's the last one, Damon? All right. So this card, um, this card, I like this card a lot. All right. So we, we talked about how good Shorakai is with untapping. So this is kind of a newer card. It's from uh, Midnight Hunt. We got Teferi who slows the sunset. Two white and a blue for a legendary creature, uh, legendary planeswalker, sorry. Teferi has four loyalty. It's plus one is choose up to one target artifact, up to one target creature, and up to one target land. Untap the chosen permanents you control, tap the chosen permanents you don't control, you gain two life. And then his minus two is look at the top three cards of your library, put one of them into your hand, and the rest of the bottom of your library in any order. And his minus seven, if that matters, you get an emblem with untap all permanents you control during each opponent's untap step, and you draw a card during each opponent's draw step. Sure. So, which is, you know, that's great if you get that, you know, that's a better unwinding clock, but is that really going to happen? More likely, than, more likely no. However, that plus ability, that's where it's at. You're untapping a vehicle, you're untapping an artifact, so you can untap Shorakai. You're untapping a creature that you can use to pilot, more than likely, a pilot, and you're untapping a land. That land that can activate Shorakai. Yeah. So, and the, the, the fact that he makes two pilots is blockers that help you protect Teferi. Yeah, blockers at instant speed. Because I, I use relevant. my pilots all the time as just blockers. I know they can crew for better or whatever. Right. They're still 1-1s. One yeah, they're, they're still creatures that can block. Yeah. So, you know, they're great. Um, and Teferi is just so And this great. card was uh, only $3.50. That's right. So not a super expensive Planeswalker. Yeah, seems great. If you if you tick it slowly towards that ultimate, I mean, if you get the ultimate, you'll win. Yeah. So yeah, it's this, very threatening. They yeah. Have to, they have to, you know, answer it. So if you have Wonder or something, it's pretty tough to get in at, at Teferi. That's right. Because now those pilots that you're making have flying. So like, what are they going to use? And your vehicles in? and everything. It just becomes very hard to get around. And they can't even just like remove something and then come in because it's hard to remove vehicles a lot yeah. of times. So yeah, and as we said, Shorakai needs three pilots to to crew him. With this, you're at least getting two. Yeah. So you're like almost there. So if you had made a pilot and any other turn, now your Shorakai can sit on defense and protect your Teferi, yeah. which I really like. Eh, yeah. Although it's better to I think almost always to just block with your pilots. And, right. Yeah. Right. But I'm saying, but like, they might have trample si- or something. Right. In that situation, it's another option that yeah. you have. You know. And I'm saying like that would be in a board state where all you had was the pilots, no other vehicles, which isn't more likely, but sometimes that happens and in that case you have that shorkai in your back pocket to protect your teferi yeah that seems like a good ad okay our total you were a little under budget was 27 75 ish yep so nice um we have a few honorable mentions here just because sometimes it can be hard All to right. cut it we down gotta, to 10 gotta do the thing you gotta throw it yeah That's right <laughs> okay so what are your honorable mentions all right so this first one uh is right up my alley it's very cheeky your opponents will not like it but i you will love it Daring Thief, two and a blue for a creature human rogue. It's a two, three. It has inspired. Whenever Daring Thief becomes untapped, you may exchange control of target non-land permanent you control and target permanent and opponent controls that shares a card type with it. So here's the thing. Normally, <laughs> this isn't great because you're like, well, I had I don't want to give them anything. Yeah. Yeah. Where you're like, well, I, oh, the other thing is you have to untap with it. So you have to attack with it or something. You well, have vehicles. 
th- that taps the creature. Yeah. So as soon as this untaps, you're like, oh, this little pilot that I have, let me give you that. Let me take your best creature. Let me have that consecrated sphinx. Let me have that. Yeah, you trade your one ones for their best stuff. And uh, the, it's so, let, so brilliant. Yeah, Inspired is a really good mechanic with vehicles in general because you can also tap them at instant speed. So you just do it on the instep before your turn. That's right. Um, let me ask you, why wasn't this one, like, why is this an honorable mention? Why wasn't this one of your, because this seems really, really good. So I guess two parts to it. Yeah. First, the first part, and it's probably like the least compelling part, is the fact that when I was building this deck, I noticed that there was kind of a suite of two cards, there were two groups. Yeah. There was a the group of cards that were very, very cheap, but good for the deck. And then there were the cards that were very, very expensive and great for the deck. I could basically run none of the expensive cards, and I could only run the cheap cards. As a result, I noticed oh, I'm a little under budget, so I need to cut some of these lower lower price cards get some of that more expensive stuff in there so that was probably you know the the least argument but the other thing that i thought was you're typically as the way that this deck is constructed right now you're probably only going to get one activation on this on your turn there's not a ton of ways to untap creatures and i think there are versions of this deck that you can build that this is going to overperform in when you have more of those untap effects. That's actually how I'm building my deck, and I suspect that's how you build your deck. When you have more ways to untap it, yeah. it becomes significantly better. Yeah. But as the deck plays right now, more than likely you're going to do what you said. You're going to crew it at the end step before your turn. You're going to untap. But your opponents see that coming. They see it coming a mile away. So you really want to be able to untap it the turn you play it. And right now, as the deck's built, it's not going to be able to do that in any consistent way. A big reason I didn't put it in my deck is because you can't crew for less. You can crew for more. That's true. And so you have to have a vehicle out to crew before this is good. This will do nothing with just Shurikai, right? Right. And just, you know, there's a lot of vehicles in the deck, but there's not so many that you're going to guarantee have one on the board all yeah. the time that's not Shurikai. So I didn't want to be relying on yet. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's great uh, if you can do it, but... I think you need like 20 plus vehicles before you're like, I definitely always have one. Right. And, uh, the, and, and, the, and you're not quite at that many. Right. Exactly. That, Like I said, there's a version of this deck where this card is going to be incredible. It's not quite this one. It's close, but it's not quite. But I wanted to mention it so that people had this on their radar. Right. If, you know, they wanted to, to do some more tweaks and that way they know this is a mechanic, the inspired mechanic. Maybe you can look into it a little bit more. This was the best one that I saw that synergizes really well with vehicles in a really unique way in my experience also the deck does not make you know 10 pilots right you have often got three four so your dreams of stealing everybody's creatures is not likely to happen yeah stealing four will usually still win you the game but you're not like stealing every creature on the board generally because at a certain point you're like i stole all the good ones and i don't want to give any of those ones away to get another one but i don't have any pilots right now so yeah, and, and you kind of touched on it, but I do like the fact that you can overcrew. So if you have something with like a crew cross of three, you can use a pilot in this. And yeah, yeah you're overcrewing it, but it is a way to... If it's crew it. cross of one, just this will do it, right? right. Like, you, you, yeah. But you cannot undercrew. You right. can't be like, I try and crew, f- it's got crew eight. So I tap six mana worth of creature or six power worth of creatures. And then they just don't crew it, but they get become tapped. That doesn't no. work. You just no. can't crew. Yeah. You can overcrew, you can never undercrew. All right. Uh, the next one's pretty expensive. That's, I'm guessing that's the reason it's not on the list. It is land. Yeah. It was $20. Yeah, this is a $20 card. This card. One of my favorite cards of all time. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. Because oh, it untaps stuff. Yep. All right. We got Minimo, School at Water's Edge. Legendary land, it taps for a blue. Or blue and tap, untapped target legendary permanent. Fun fact, Shorakai is a legendary permanent. Yep. I believe it's Minamo. 
Oh, Minamo? But that's I okay. apologize. I, I don't know. I could be wrong. Uh, it's something. Yeah. <laughs> a land that untaps your commander seems good when your commander wants to tap to do something. I yeah. think that one's pretty self-explanatory. Yeah, it's free, uses a land draw. But that would have been two-thirds of your budget. So. Yeah, exactly. So that's why I could not include that. But this is just... And then the other the other part of not including it, we tend not to touch the mana base. Right. I so, think a utility land like this would be so, fine. But yeah. yeah, but you know, I really try to stray away from that. And that's a big thing. This card, if you're if you want to make that kind of upgrade it will it will do work for you all right one more honorable mention here hidden strings only 20 cents that's right so hidden strings is one in a blue for sorcery you may tap or untap target permanent then you may tap or untap another target permanent and then it has a really cool ability that we've not seen in a while i think it was first came out in return to ravnica yeah uh, with the demir guild it has cypher you may exile the spell card encoded on a creature you control Whenever that creature deals combat damage to a player, its controller may cast a copy of the encoded card without paying its mana cost. And I wanted to put this in here for two reasons. One, it's a very good way to untap Shorakai and a land. Yep. Shorakai and a way, to, and a way to activate him. But two, I wanted to put this on people's radar as, again, another mechanic that works sneakily well with vehicles. If your vehicle has been crewed, it's a creature, you can cipher this onto it and it will not fall off when it stops being a creature. Unlike... Right, it doesn't care if it's a creature the whole time, just cares, is it a creature at the time you cipher it? Right, so unlike uh, enchantments or auras and equipment. Yep. Um, and I actually, I wrote it, I wrote it down. There's just, the rule. It's 702.99C. That's right. It says, the card with cipher remains encoded on the chosen creature as long as the card with cipher remains exiled and the creature remains on the battlefield. The card remains encoded on that object even if it changes controller or stops being a creature as long as it remains on the battlefield. So giving any of your vehicles the ability that when they hit, you can untap two things, very powerful. And it's any permanent, which right. is huge. Um, Man, Mobile Garrison would untap three things at that point. Yes, and it's, it, that is a beautiful thing. Um, so that's, that's something that I wanted to put on people's radar. I wanted people to know about. And this one, I think, is, is going to overperform in a way that I don't think people expect. Well, and the interesting thing, you can actually untap Shurokai twice with that, right? It you says can. then, right? So you go, no, no, there's no time in between, right? Because it's state-based. Yes, technically you could target him twice, but it's not going to work the way you want. Right, so you won't be able to tap him in between. Yeah. So you do him in a land. Yeah, but the, the thing you can do is play this for two, and it, this is how it sometimes saw play back in standard back in the day. You would play it for two, tap two of your Cronus creatures, encode it on the creature, get in, now that you can get in because they're two creatures yeah, so are tapped, and, untap again. and then you can untap. The other cheeky thing is because it's permanent, it actually can pay for itself. Because you can untap lands. Right. So you just so you untap can, the two lands that paid for it. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, th- I think this card is going to overperform pe- for people. I, I highly encourage people to try it. I put it in my personal Shorakai list. And now you know. Now you guys will be all the more informed. All right. So those uh, were honorable mentions, obviously. Just other options for you there. I think it's nice to have a few just in case people, you know, they don't want to drop $9 on the unwinding clock or whatever. Actually, just don't get the intruder alarm. Get the unwinding clock instead. I think they're, they're close on price, and I actually think unwinding clock's probably better. Okay, let's talk about the 10 cards that we want to take out because obviously we got to make room in the deck because it comes at 100 and this one actually comes at a full 100 there's not two of any single card in there. <laughs> i know i, I could, when i saw that <laughs> announcement i'm like really wizards really but i don't know this one this one's good it's legal right out of the box yeah, unlike yeah. the other one this one's great uh, uh okay so what 10 cards do we want to take out all right uh speaking of things that aren't great uh jace architect of thought two blue blue for legendary planeswalker jace as for loyalty has a plus one until your next turn whenever a creature and opponent controls attack it gets minus one, minus zero oh, until end of turn. Minus two, reveal the top three cards of your library. An opponent separates those cards into two piles. Put one into your hand and the other into, on the bottom of your library in any order. order. And minus eight, 
search for each player, search that player's library for a non-land card and exile it. Then that player shuffles. You may cast those cards without paying their mana cost. What is this card doing for vehicles? Yeah, like, it has nothing to do with the deck. Yeah, I saw this card and I'm like, what, why is this in the deck? Why isn't this like, I don't know, a Tezzeret or like even a Venser? Because like Venser can like blink Shorkai and then Tezzeret would have been sweet. The, te- the, the Tudor Tezzeret yep. would have been perfect in the, d- in and the deck untap- with... Yeah. <sighs> yeah. And our Reaper value was low, so that would have helped get it up. Yeah, I, I saw that. I'm like, why? Who who thought that would... that car- That's the card that this deck needs. Like, there you go. We need your... Cre- your uh, creatures your opponent's controls to be a little bit smaller and a mini factor fiction like what i don't know all right what's the next one uh so this card i thought was really interesting it's um, one of the new cards yep um but i ha- i have a pretty compelling reason for it so it's kappa cannoneer five in a blue for a four four artifact creature turtle warrior has improvised so your artifacts can help pay for it by tapping it has ward four which is a lot and then whenever an artifact enters the battlefield under control you put a counter on the kappa cannoneer and it can't be blocked this turn so here's the thing if you're improvising, your all of your artifacts are either vehicles that don't want to be tapped because they either want to be attacking or blocking or activating their ability like Shorkai, or they're mana rocks. So that doesn't do much for you. Right. Now it'll grow with your vehicles, which is cool, but you'd rather be growing the vehicles, not this, and it gives itself unblockable, and you'd rather use it for crewing. I don't know. This this deck just kind of seemed at odds with what the deck overall is trying to do. I get it with Katori because now you have a pretty big unblockable artifact creature that you can give lifelink to. And Vigilance. And Vigilance. Vigilance actually might matter on that one. Right. But at the end of the day, it's just kind of at odds with, like I said, the whole deck as a whole. So I I had to cut it. Yeah. It just has big. It's not that exciting. Yeah. All right. What's the next one? The next one is Mearsmith. One and a white for a 2-3 creature human artificer. Whenever you cast an artifact spell, you may pay one. If you do, create a 1-1 colorless mirror artifact creature token. So yes, it's giving you uh, vehicles that can crew your uh, vehicle. I mean, it's giving you a creature that can crew your vehicles whenever you cast vehicles. That's right. great. But you're essentially taxing your vehicles for that. You're paying one more and it's only a one, one. Whereas this deck has like Psy in it, which does it for free. Right. Um, so I'd rather not tax my vehicles for just a measly one, one to me. That's just not worth it. So makes sense. Yeah. All right. And then next we got Riddle Smith, keeping up the pattern of Smiths, apparently. We, <laughs> we have a 2-1 uh, creature human artificer. Whenever you cast an artifact spell, you may draw a card. And if you do, discard a card. So it's, it's looting, and I like looting. I, I think I like looting more than most people that play Magic. But it's just too low impact. Shorkai is doing it for you at a significantly better mm-hmm. rate. And there's just better things that you could be doing. Uh, I'd rather just be up cards in general than, than have the mana selection in this instance. And because specifically you have Shorakai in the command zone that you can rely on me have, this card I think is just going to underperform. Yeah, and the deck only comes with five recursion pieces on its own, and right. we didn't really add any. No. So we're not leaning into that part of it. Yeah, I, I, I get that. Yeah. The next one, Cataclysmic Earhulk. Three white white for a four five artifact creature construct with vigilance. Whenever Cataclysmic Gear Hulk enters the battlefield for each player, each player chooses an artifact, a creature, an enchantment, and a planeswalker from among the non land permanents to control, then sacrifices the rest. This is a very unreliable wrath. It's one of our wraths, though. It we is. We don't have that many. Which is why I wanted to make sure I upped that number. Yeah. Which is why I added two. You could you could presumably add three, and that's totally cool. However, this is so unreliable that I'd rather not run it. On top of that, your vehicles don't get around it. Yeah, that I think that's the biggest thing is, of all the Wraths that we talked about and yeah. why vehicles are good against Wraths, this is not one of the ones that vehicles is good against. Nope. Because it 
it doesn't just get rid of creatures, right? Like you're 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 going to keep one vehicle. Yep. Um, so maybe two, I guess you could, can't you crew one, turn that into your creature that you're saving and the others are, but still, yeah, it's not, it's, it's not a wrath in the way that we said that wraths were good for our deck, if that makes sense. Yeah. This is just, it's way too unreliable. Your opponents are going to keep all of their best stuff and you're going to end up wrathing a lot of your vehicles, which you don't want. You can just easily find a wrath that's like wrath of God, destroy all creatures, which won't hit your vehicles. Yeah. Yeah. Or the two that I added. Those are great. Yeah. Well, I meant in addition. Yeah, sure. Uh, okay. All right. So we got the next one is Access Denied. It oh, is, another one of the new cards. Yeah, that's right. Three blue blue for an instant. Counter target spell. Create X one one colorless doctor artifact creature tokens where X is the spell's mana value. So this is like spell swindle, except instead of treasures, you get one one thopters. Which, I'd rather have treasures, by the way. Yeah, me too. And yeah, and I we still it. don't play Swell Spell Swindle much. <laughs> exactly. This deck just isn't going to reliably be holding up five yeah. mana all that often. Uh, if you have mana up, why wouldn't you just activate Shorakai? Well, I mean, yeah. yeah. But then you I do think have the to be first, holding up six, right? Yeah, I think the first point is really what it is. Big, high, expensive, you know, ca- casting cost counterspells like Spell Swindle, this, uh, Desertion, that kind of stuff. Yep. They're only good in decks that are like mostly instants yep. so that you have a lot of choices mm. because you could easily hold up mana for this and nobody plays like a really big spell or yeah. they, what if they cast a four drop? Do you do it? Probably if the answer is no, then you could easily go the whole round of the table and nobody gives you a, a clear, like I cast something for seven mana where you're right. like, yes, I want that. In which case you get yep. to the, you know, the player right before you're in like crap. You know, they cast a three mana thing. I mm-hmm. guess I just will do this because I held up five mana and I can't not cast it. Right. And if you don't have any other instance in your hand, you just, yeah. These cards like this, they read okay, but you end, they end up being very hard to play. Yeah. And, yeah. And this deck's not going to hold its mana open. Yeah. So I get it. Now to give, to, to give credit where it's due, um, Wizards did put both Wrath Capuchin and Shimmer Mirror uh, in this deck. So that's two ways to give your artifacts instant, uh, like instant speed, I guess you'd say. But you can't rely we get those cards. Exactly. So, like you, you can't put a card in your deck that's like only good if I have one of the other two cards right. or, or another card in my deck that I only have two of, basically. Yeah. Okay. I would just want to say that because I suspect that's what they were thinking when they, when they added those two cards. It's just, that's not going to reliably happen enough where you're going to be like yes this is something that i'm consistently going to have five mana open for yeah i don't think they were thinking like oh this will make uh, access denied good i think they were just thinking those cards are good in this stack you think so because yeah. i to me i don't know i saw those and i'm like those are good but it's not like a card that those aren't cards that i would put in my version but i saw them and i'm like well maybe you put those in and then you, now you're down the line and you're like well let's have something some sort of payoff if they didn't want to do this other thing i think they design a lot of the new cards as like this will be it's playable in this deck and it'll be fine but really you're going to take it out and put it into other decks that means if you're not excited about an azorius vehicles deck you can still be excited about some of the pieces in the deck for your deck yeah, that's really fair yeah okay. all right what's the next one so this next one um you actually, you made a comment about this on your video with Jake, and that's kind of what pushed it over the edge for me. So it's universal surveillance. So this is my fault. A little bit. I hope I still agree with myself. Universal surveillance. X, blue, 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 sorcery. Improvise. Draw X cards. Yep. Well, it's sorcery. Yeah. You can't Yeah. Play. Because it's sorcery speed, yeah. that just kills it. Uh, the other thing is, you know, I mentioned the thing about improvise. Improvise works yeah. well if you have a lot of tokens or artifacts that that don't have tap abilities, but the fact that you want to be attacking with your vehicles most of the time means if you're casting this, you're not attacking, which is, that's not what you want to be doing. It's at odds with the deck. And sorcery speed just really kills it. If it were an instant, that would be a different story. But the fact that you have to do this on your turn, it just, to me, that kills the card. I'm with you. All right, we got three to go. All right. So the next one is Arcanist Owl. It's 
uh, four mana that is hybrid Azorius. So either four white, four blue, or some combination thereof. That's right. It's an artifact creature bird. It's a 3-3 three, three with flying. And whenever it enters the battlefield, look at the top four cards of your library. You may reveal an artifact or enchantment card from among them, put it into your hand, put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. So it replaces itself, and that's cool. It, it, it sees your top cards and pulls out an artifact, which is, it's just great. But it works a lot better if you're like blinking it or, you know, recurring it in some way. And as we mentioned, there's only like five recursion cards in the deck. There's no way to blink it. So most of the time it's going to have the one time effect and it's just going to sit there and be a three, three. There's just better things you could be doing. Yeah. Four mana, three, three draw cards. Not that great. No. All right. Two to go. All right. So this card um, is armed and armored. It's one in a white for an instant. Vehicles you control become artifact creatures until end of turn. Choose a dwarf you control. Attach any number of equipment you control to it. So I don't think that second part is going to happen. No, much. <laughs> this this deck doesn't have any dwarves and it has no equipment, so you don't care about that. Really, you're running it for the one in a white instant that it's a free crew for all your vehicles. Yes, every now and again you could cast this and then just destroy somebody because sorry, the yeah, the dream scenario is oh, I have five vehicles yeah. out there and. But most of the time, that's not going to happen. I will say it's the only quote unquote vehicle card that I cut from the deck, but it's just so low impact that. As a one-time effect, I couldn't justify uh, leaving it in. Yeah, and even with the vehicles you've added, I think there's only 17 vehicles in the deck. That is so correct. if you have five on the field, you've got a third of all the vehicles in your whole deck yep. on the battlefield, which that's a dream scenario. That's not going to happen. And even that is not like insane, right? Like, Absolutely. I guess with Intruder Alarm, it's a little bit better. But in general, it just feels like your best case scenario is like, uh, it kind of crews three vehicles at a time. That yeah. doesn't, yeah, it just doesn't seem worth it. Yeah, and, and the deck has four other ways to free crew. Uh, those are just significantly better that this just doesn't this do it. wasn't worth it. Yep. Yeah. All right, last one. What's yeah. our cut? All right, this last card was actually the last card I cut because I really wanted to leave it in, but... It does I, seem decent. Yeah, so it's Hannah Ships, Ships Navigator. One white-blue for a 1-2 legendary creature human artificer, and it has the ability one white-blue tap return target artifact or enchantment card from your graveyard to your hand. So this was a card I really, really wanted to keep in. Yeah, like, I, I fought for it. It does feel like it's recursion, yep. which we are low on. It's, un, it's tap ability, right? So mm -hmm. there's the ability to reuse it with some of the other things we've got going on in the deck. Yeah, That's it's right. interesting. Obviously... You're not very many enchantments. You're mostly getting... It's and your vehicles might die because you're going to get... They're going to rumble, right? Right. But the thing that, that kind of convinced me is the fact that your first recursion costs six mana. Yeah. Your second one costs nine mana. Well, and it, sure. It's nine for two. Right. So that's actually lowering the average cost. Right. But, but that's still a lot. Yeah. That's still a lot. For nine mana... And it's I, a hand. It's not to battlefield. Right. For nine mana, I'd rather be bringing like everything back which you can totally do there are cards that do that sure although but, it's not amortized over the course of like three or right, four different but, turns but, but, i mean I, yeah i don't think it's fair to compare it to a nine mana spell fair that's, <laughs> i guess that's fair but my point is you can get the that kind of effect for like six to seven mana which is at six this is recurring one thing yeah and, and again, you have to wait hand. right yeah. because it's three go there's nothing in the deck that's really going to give it haste right yeah. uh, maybe there's a swift of butcher nope no okay, it's not so, in the deck so you are going to have to like cast it and then and pass turn and hope it survives before you do anything. Yeah. And so, on top of that, let's say you play it on turn three. When are you going to activate it? Yeah. On turn four. Not four on turn four because you're playing Shorkai. Right. You have to wait for something to be in your graveyard that you want to return. Turn recur. five you would, right? Because Shorkai, activate, draw, discard the artifacts. Uh, nope. You don't have the mana left. So turn six. Yep. Oh, no. You have the mana because turn four you played Shorkai. Turn five you play the one mana for Shorkai. I have three left. But that's like three mana draw card in that case. Yeah. So, eh, doesn't. Yeah, I get it. Doesn't it. quite do it. It seems inefficient. Yeah. Yeah. I think, again, the deck would have to be sort of vastly retooled more than the 10 cards to sort of get a lot of untapping shenanigans going before this becomes, like, really good. 
Yeah, and that was something I definitely noticed when when doing this exercise was there were a lot of cards that I thought would have been really great for the deck, but they required too many additional cards that I couldn't do it. Yeah, that's part of the fun, I think, of this exercise is understanding that, like, yes, this... If you're building a Shorkai deck and you're just starting with Shorkai and everything else is going to be added, yep. there are different cards that you're going to talk about than mm -hmm. if you're starting with the pre-con, which I think a lot of people are, right. and just you trying to use most of it and just changing a few pieces. Yep. Over time, those people might eventually move more towards what that Shorkai from scratch deck looks like, which is yep. what I built for Game Nights. Yep. And that's and, what I'm building for myself. Yeah, but this upgrade, I think, is cool because the cards you've added are going to make it like quite good right. pretty quickly and easily. That's right. And you can, you, you can eventually like still have the Hanna it came with the deck and maybe it gets slotted back in at some day when, okay, now I've added these other four or five cards that really synergize and the synergy yeah. level for her has become high enough that she gets, to, you know, get in the game, Hannah, you, get, you know, she gets off the bench. So, yeah. yeah. And that was something, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to know and I made sure to mention as we do it through like the honor mentions, some of the cards we talked about, cards that you can, if you wanted to then go a step further, cards that you can think about, cards that you can consider, things that can go in this deck that weren't just these 10 cards. Because we got these 10 cards. It's going to take you across the finish line, like we said. <laughs> but, you know, let's say you want to go even a little bit farther. You have that option. Oh, yeah. There's obviously more than 10 cards you can add to the deck. There's a whole bunch more. If you want to EDH rec, they're going to tell you a ton. But in general, I think this is going to get you sort of out of the gate the fastest. That's right. All right. Let's talk really quickly about how this deck plays. Okay. Um, I like what you put down here, which is that Shurkai is in general going to be playing for the long game. That's right. So, yeah, I wrote a whole I wrote a whole thing because I'm extra like that. Basically, throughout the course of the game, Shurkai is going to outvalue your opponents. It's a card draw engine on a stick. Yep. And it's very efficient. Going up two cards and then pitching one is very, very powerful. You're always at least up a card. It's not just a loot. So you are going to, as the game progresses you're just going to keep accumulating value and value and value. Your pilots are going to keep you alive. Your vehicles are going to keep you alive. Your other creatures are largely expendable because Shorakai gives you the pilots that you need to make sure that your vehicles uh, can always be crewed. Mm -hmm. And then basically you want to use your aggressively costed vehicles and beat down your opponents um, using those. Most of them have evasion, but I've added some ways in here to give them additional evasion, make sure that they can get through. And then, they're very hard to remove, like we mentioned. They're they're going to dodge almost all Wraths. They're going to dodge most creature removal. Um, and they're going to keep your opponents from attacking you. They have threat of activation. Most of them are very large. And the cool thing with vehicles is uh, the creature can crew them even if it just entered. It, you don't have to untap with it. You don't have to give it haste. So immediately those cre those pilots that you make can crew. Um, so that's that kind of gets around that downside. And then, you know... I know you don't like this that much, but I did like that Shorkai is a great backup plan. He is a three-hit kill. I like it. I know you don't. You hate, uh, you know, Voltron decks, but, you know, teach their own. Right, right. It's not that I hate them. I just don't think they're effective. A three-hit kill, as if that is some sort of good thing when the games are ending on turn eight now. That is just not, like, a likely scenario. But I think that the damage it hits for eight is more... It's, yeah. It's more worth sort of couching in in that manner. Shurikai is a big hitter and can finish off an opponent, sometimes in two hits near the end of the game. So I've definitely used Shurikai in my deck um, in those scenarios, but sure. I've never commander damaged anybody out. And I've actually put a couple cards in my deck, like Duelist Heritage, to That's give it right. double strike. So then it's a two hit. And I've still never commander damaged anybody out. It's just not, it's slow. It's, yeah. You, I, it plays, you know, my deck plays a lot like how you said, and, and I think that's the right way, which is, you know, 
slow value grind, which is obviously the kind of magic that I like. You're building an engine. Yeah. And and, <laughs> and you just kind of keep control of stuff. You rest some things, remove some stuff. You've got lots of blockers because of the pilots. You try and set up a situation where you're using Shorokai multiple times on a turn, and that's where you really start going. That's right. And now you're like, oh, I'm looking at the top four, six cards of my library, picking the best two or three, putting stuff in the graveyard for later, making all these little one ones that are annoying for my opponents, right. but not super scary. It doesn't tend to like look super scary. And then all of a sudden you just kind of like before they know it, you're like, Wrath, crew this stuff, hit you for 20. Yep. And they're like, oh, crap, I'm going to die, aren't I? Yes, you are, you know, yeah. before they can recover. So, yeah, and pretty then, cool. And then I did have one note uh, about how the deck plays. You're going to want your vehicle... You're going to generally want to play your vehicles before Shorakai because then those pilots can immediately crew them, like I mentioned. The other thing is Shorakai benefits from being played a turn later. You want to play him when you have five mana. That way you can activate him the same turn you play him, because you don't want to play him for four, and then he does nothing for rotation. You really want to play him and be able to activate him, because he's a vehicle. You can tap him the, the turn he comes I, I out. I would say if he's your only four sure. mana play, you play him. Right. But if and, you have another one, then you wait till five. Yeah, right, for sure. but all things being equal, you have you have a four drop in hand. Yeah. Play that four drop, play Shorakai on five, because then you can activate him immediately. And uh, it feels really bad for them to go to remove it and you activate it once because yeah. they're down a card and you're really not even down a card because you get it back to your command zone. That's right. So a lot of times they just won't do it if you do if you play it in that way. Whereas if you play it on four, they're more likely to remove it before you get something out of it. Yeah, because at worst, then you played five mana, drew two cards, discarded one, and made a pilot, which is still And they fine. lost their removal spell and your commander's still in your command zone to be recast now on turn six, which That's is right. the next turn. Yeah. That's right. All right. To the listeners, what do you think about the Azorius Buckle Up pre-con? Are there any cards that... Uh, you would add to this deck over the cards that we've talked about. Any cards we suggested that you take out or add that you disagree with, we'd love to hear from you in the comments, on Twitter, on our Discord. If you're a Patreon, uh, we always like the discussion. That's right. Tweet at me if I'm wrong and tell me how wrong I am and all these cards that I should have added oh, and I yeah. am the worst. You're asking for it, Damon. <laughs> we will have, uh, well, I'm sure if you're watching the YouTube video, Damon's uh, Twitter was on screen, but it will also be in the show notes. That's right. And then, of course, once you get your hands on this deck uh, and you're going to upgrade it or the cards you're going to upgrade, you're going to need to get those cards right so right. channelfireball.com slash command is the place to go to get all your mag magic products singles anything at all obviously the kamigawa neon dynasty stuff is what everybody's talking about it's one of the coolest sets we've seen i think in a, in years absolutely gorgeous. Uh, yeah it's uh, the art's gorgeous the cards look amazing i've been having fun with this the limited format even yep. it really is, is a home run sort of on all levels if you want to get your hands on that stuff channelfireball.com slash command you're going to get the best prices specifically on sealed product singles because all the vendors are competing with each other driving the prices down that's right then once you get those cards you want to protect them the best Gaming accessories to protect all your game pieces are made by Ultra Pro. That's the stuff Jimmy and I trust our own collections to. All of my decks are in Ultra Pro sleeves using the Eclipse technology. They're in the Satin Tower deck boxes, the Mythic Collection stuff. We always use the Ultra Pro playmats because we don't want our cards to get dinged up, scuffed up. Look how beautiful. Yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of value tied up in our collection. Right. So it's something we want to protect. Ultra Pro is the company you can trust to protect all of your game pieces. Right. All right. Now it is time for the end step where we talk about something cool outside the world of magic. Damon, I forgot to prep you for this, but you're a fan of the show, so I'm sure you were ready. I was ready. I knew that this was coming, and I, I kind of went around with a different, uh, few different ideas. But this weekend, I, 
I, I can honestly say this was one of the best weekends I've had in a while. And, okay. And so it's something... This is going to be a couple of weeks ago for the people watching. That's right. Now you'll know our timelines here. But this, this, this was Super Bowl weekend. That's right. That's okay. Yeah, that was yesterday. It was amazing. <laughs> but something that, that I did, and it's something that I haven't done in a long time, and I, I'd encourage everybody to, to do this if you get the chance. And right now is a great time here in California, but across the country, it's starting to get warmer. We're coming out of the winter seasons. And we're start right now. I mean, I just checked. This is West Coast bias, but go. Yeah, it's West Coast bias. <laughs> but that being said, you know, I checked like the U.S. weather and it's starting to get warmer. Sure. Uh, you know, but basically go on a hike. Uh, so oh. my family and I yesterday, uh, just before the Super Bowl, we just went out. There's this hillside by where I live. And then there's this uh, hiking trail that goes around Castaic Lake. It's absolutely stunning. It, and it's something that I unfortunately haven't been able to do in a while. Um, yeah, I've hiked I, all around Lake Castaic. Beautiful area. Just, you know, getting outside, getting that fresh air, getting an escape from all the chaos that's going on in the world right now. You know, it, it's it's something that I think is overlooked. And I, it's something that I highly encourage people to do. Go out, whether it's by yourself, with your significant other, with your family, whatever it is. Just go outside, go on a little hiking trail. It doesn't have to be anything extreme. I know I'm in the military, so like I'm used to like really intense hikes, but it doesn't have to be anything like that. Just go out, go on a walk and go take in nature. And I think that's something that, you know, th this pandemic, everybody was locked inside. We, we spent a lot of time in our homes, but ju just go outside, go walk around, go enjoy the scenery and the beautiful area that you live in, wherever it is, even if it's cold, throw on a, you know, a jacket and and go enjoy nature. And that's something that I just, I highly encourage. Go on a hike. Yeah. Wow, that is a shocking, shocking suggestion from a Magic player. Go outside. Yeah. No, what? I agree. Uh, it's it's one of those things, too, where once you start doing it, you just sort of feel so much better. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah, I feel like I haven't gotten sun in a long, long time, too. So, it's probably a good suggestion for me specifically. Yeah. Yeah. All right, everybody. Go out there. Enjoy nature. Go on a hike or something. That's right. Yeah, breathe in some fresh air. And uh, don't forget, it's about family. <laughs> That's right. It doesn't matter. And it doesn't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. <laughs> All right. Special thanks to our amazing team here at the Command Zone, which is Arthur Meadowcroft, Shauna Gillis, Damon Lenz, sitting right beside me, Lady Danger, Manson Lung, Craig Manchette, Ashlyn Rose, Josh Murphy, Jake Boss, Patrick Nan, Jordan Pridgen, Sam Waldo, Garof Galati, Jamie Block, Evan Limberger, and Mitch Trafford. And a big shout out to Truck Tie, my assistant who really helps a lot uh, with the research and the data analysis we do for episodes like this. And of course, big shouts to Jeffrey Palmer for the Living Card Animation that begin our show and often sit behind us, although Sam uh, Waldo did this cool one for oh, Neon man. Dynasty. If you watch this window, you can see a little ninja like runs there across the top. Oh, there the ninja's is. there oh, right no, now. Wait, hey, oh, there yeah. he is. The ninja is sneaking across. He's about to jump. I have oh, no boy. idea how Sam added a, a moving ninja to the <laughs> animation, but that's, that's just how cool Sam is. That's right. All right, everybody. Thanks for watching. Thanks. We'll see you next time. Peace. Deuces. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. <laughs> Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. 
But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.